Well, I'm also sorry for calling you a pedophile. I, I figured that was going to get cut out. They say home is where the heart is, so I wonder why your motherfucker always feeling heartless. Welcome to episode 51 of Doubly Negative. As always, I'm Chris here with my friend Kyle. Kyle, how are you? Hi, Chris. I'm okay. How are you doing? Good. We got really drunk last episode, and that's why it's delayed, and that's why it's coming out in two parts. So you're hearing this like three weeks after we got really drunk and decided to record ourselves. Yeah, so sorry, Jake. And yeah, I don't know. You had I woke up the next morning and you had messaged me on every single platform. Um, WhatsApp, Instagram. Um, you emailed me on Google Hangouts, which we've never used before, but we were gonna use. So in your in your defense, you were just like, I gotta, I gotta reach this man. <laughs> and um yeah, and you said you woke up and there was broken glass in your uh your apartment there. Yeah, I well, I am shocked by the the amount of intoxication I could achieve in just two hours with you because we started. <laughs> I think I took my first shot just before we started recording. And then I was blackout drunk by the time we finished because I legitimately don't remember. Um, we, we recorded about two hours and 10 minutes, something like that. And in past yeah. one hour and 30, I, I, it's very fuzzy. And then all of a sudden I don't remember at all. I was just looking at the, the video cause you sent it to me early and trying to go over it to see what we should cut out and what we should apologize for. And we get to a certain point when I don't remember saying anything. Yeah. There. I don't remember going to bed. I, I went to bed re- right after the podcast, which was at like maybe 1 p.m. here. I just fell asleep. <laughs> it's so funny. Just like, all right, we'll uh, do it again. Tomorrow. Yeah. There was a broken glass. I do remember that, but it's like one of those um, fuzzy memories. Like I have like a flash of just like, I think it was like right here on the table and I just went dink. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and when I, um, when I woke up, I had, um, Man, it was a nasty hangover. And it was that type of mental distress where I used to get this every time I blacked out. I guess I guess this is just part of me blacking out, but I have this guilty conscience and this shame associated with it because it's like, oh, I was out of control. I don't remember what happened. Maybe I did something really bad. And I think that's why I was seeking your assurance because yeah. I, I wanted uh, and this would always happen when I black out in college. I would wake up and I would kind of like I, w- I would really want to talk to my roommates. I'd be like, did I do anything really stupid? Am I OK? Was yeah. I an asshole? I think and we've all been there. That's what I was feeling when I wanted to talk to you. It's just like, oh, man, what happened? Please tell me I didn't insult you. Yeah, it's like one yeah. of those like, yeah. oh, no, it's the worst feeling ever. Ever. Terrible. And I see you're back Terrible. on the booze, whatever you're drinking there, back on the. No. Um, yeah, so I was feeling pretty rough. I woke up that day, the next day, and I took a liquid IV and that set me straight. Worked like a charm. So what I've heard of this before, but you actually. No, 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 no. It's liquid oh. IV. So it's a mixture you oh. put in your drink that helps you hydrate better. Ah, dude, that's that's like a bullshit name then, because IV means intravenous, of course. Right. Yeah, but it's a liquid IV that goes in liquid. I don't know. I whatever. It works. So I'm not going to. What is them. it? It's literally just like a powder that you mix in your water and it's, it's like the equivalent of drinking three waters. Could be all in my head, but I felt way better after. Oh, that's great. Way better. Yeah, um, I had my classic like 24 hour plus hangover where I just, man, I was, I was not unless. happy. 
Dude, no. Yeah. That, um, I woke up the next morning and I went, I can't believe we drank that much in that short of amount of time. We're in our thirties. We can't be doing that or we can fuck it. We have fun here. We have, fun. we can, but we just got to accept the consequences. Yeah. Um, so sorry. We were supposed to record yesterday. Then fights were going on and there were people coming over, hang out with Kevin. So I was like, ah, maybe not a good idea to have people screaming in the background. So we're here now Sunday and we're recording right now because you are going on a vacation. Where are you going? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, so this idea came from Chitra years ago, but she said she always wanted to go on a trip. Oh, this, by the way, this is going to be so boring. So oh, I, yeah, I, I need, I, I need I permission to be boring for a couple sentences. Permission to be okay? boring. I'm not happy about it. I was already bored when you said going on a yeah. vacation. Oh. So in fact, if anyone has trouble sleeping, they can use this next 30 seconds or so. Um, it'll put you to sleep right away because it's probably going to be the most boring thing ever said by any human. Almost immediately. Yeah. So, a- anyway, the idea is to I'm living in Bali and <sighs> the idea is to travel around the entire perimeter. Uh, I want to me and Tika are going to start today and we're going to drive. We're going to go clockwise along the East coast up North. And uh, the whole trip is like 16 hours to travel the perimeter of Bali. going to rent a nicer bike. And uh, it's possible to do it in one day, but we're not going to do that. We're probably going to no, do it don't in rush. Three, three or four days. Take yeah. your time, stop at some nice spots. And yeah, there's yeah, no point to rush. Exactly. Yeah. All exactly. Right. So yeah, that's what we're going to do. That'll be fun. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so I'm back to lifting. I kind of teased it last episode where mm-hmm. I said I might put jujitsu on hold so I can start lifting again. And me and you have decided as a podcast to hop on the same program. I had a tough realization today when I went to the gym. What's that? My belt doesn't fit anymore. My weightlifted belt does not fit anymore. At all. It's got a lot of settings on there. It's got a lot of different holes you can. I use, was already right? towards the end. I got a tighter one, right? I got it oh, when wow. I was like one eighty. Okay. Um, yeah. But those well, are meant for some big boys. Well, no, you can get different Power sizes. Powerlifting belt. You can, yeah, you yeah, can okay. get different sizes. I got the one for the small boys, but I am getting close to the first hole on it. But I think that means this first session, uh, like cycle of training we do is going to be beltless for me. And wow. I think it'll be good because I always used it as a crutch in the past. Like if I had 135 on the bar squatting, I was like, all right, time to put the belt on. Uh, so I think it'll help me not rely so much on it and maybe pay dividends in the future. Yeah, I never thought about it too much. I, I only started using a belt in the last couple of years, but I, I would always go beltless until it started to get like, I don't know, 80% of my max or something like that. Yeah. And then so like maybe the last warm up set, I would put the belt on and then and I don't know, maybe that's even wrong, too, because you should be you should be consistent with what you're doing. But yep. uh, yeah, that's just what I was doing. So since I don't have a belt, I'm not going to test my maxes before we go and start lifting. I'm just going to like throw numbers in a calculator for like what I did today and see, you know, what it gives me. And I'll get a rough estimate. So That's I'm fine. not, I'm not going to be testing maxes. Hopefully by the next time I test my maxes, the belt will be ready to go on the belt on the belly, ready to go. So does that mean then that in our first training cycle, your goals will not be purely strength oriented. It'll be body composition too, or what are you thinking? 
Well, strength, and I think me slimming down a little bit is going to be part of it because I'm going from not doing much exercise at all, just like running and soccer once a week to lifting and doing more exercise more frequently. So I think weight will start to shred a little bit and I am dieting a little more now doing like meal replacements and stuff. So um, right now it's kind of like a get right cycle for me. Well, that's exciting, man. I'm, I'm happy to be training with you in, in some capacity. Yeah, no, it's going to be a lot of fun. We can push each other and it's going to be a good time. Um, yeah. Why does my mic look like it's going nuts? Really? Fuck it. I mean, we'll figure it out. Um, but I am excited. I, I'm pretty surprised with what I was able to do weight wise for the first time back in years, if I'm being honest. So that's exciting, but I'm excited to get sweating, get squat, get squatting, deadlifting, and getting strong again. Can we head back to the topic of the drunk cast for a moment? Of course, of course. I just wanted to throw that in there, you know. Oh, that's that's good, and we can go back to it too. But uh, it's it's a burning topic in my mind, and I I want to do my apology tour for everything I've ever <laughs> said in my life. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. So first of all, um, what I what I already expressed that that feeling of guilt when you wake up from the hangover, man. I, I mean, it's it's died down a lot. It's already more than a week, but I I just felt sorry to everybody, I, even if it, not I don't even know like if you podcast know related or listeners related, just everyone. Yeah, a great example is so um, Tika and I, I I told her the day before I'm like okay so I'm gonna do the podcast and then we can hang out, and um, so I woke up at like. 9 p.m. And I was like, oh, I was supposed to hang out with Tika. And I text her. I'm like, I'm so sorry. And she's like, well, I knew you were drinking. I knew I knew you were going to go to sleep. So it's OK. I still felt sorry. Yeah. Um, it's just this cloud of shame and everything. And uh, because the reason why you missed out was from drinking during the day. Yeah, I just felt like an asshole. Yeah. Uh. And it's good to feel that shame, though, because if you didn't feel shame, who's to say you wouldn't do that all the fucking time? That means you're a good person. You got a good barometer. You know, okay, that's not something I should do regularly. Right? Feeling that shame is important, I think. Well, I'm also sorry for calling you a pedophile. I I figured that was going to get cut out because we were talking about having kids. And I was like, yeah, you know, I wouldn't mind having a daughter. And you went, pedophile. It's like, whoa, (laughs) it's okay. (laughs) I accept your apology. I don't know. I think it's 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 a joke that's uh it's an ongoing jo- it's one of those things like it's kind of an inside joke between me and that's not that inside because it's easy to figure out he's a pedophile um and allegedly i'm gonna have to now i'm gonna have to apologize for this too no uh, okay so what we should do is say just kidding no he's not and we'll give jake less things to cut out so what we're gonna do no. now this is going forward now that we're on video now that jake has a full-time job and a relationship we're gonna remain accountable i uh, we're not only going to keep each other accountable in the gym but what we say on recording i don't know i feel like we cover this topic a lot so i don't want to like beat a dead horse okay but and i also don't want to just copy all the comedians on podcasts because well i'm not a comedian but we are on a podcast Mm -hmm. and it's like a lot of the things i say i do say totally in jest and i hope that comes across like obviously i don't think you're a pedophile yeah but but yeah i don't know i do we have to, how accountable do we have to be? I think somewhat accountable, somewhat. 
Well, there was a very bad joke I made. Uh, that Let's, we not totally that accountable. Out. Not that accountable. Okay. Well, we, even... We're going to cut it out. We're not going to address it. Uh... It's never going to see the light of day. So, nope. All right. Not going to go there. Okay. You said your sorries. No one's well, going to anyway, hear that. I guess the only disclaimer I'm going to make then, I'm going to stop apologizing, but I'm going to say we were both very drunk. And so drunk. I think some of it's, I think some of it's really funny and I'm looking forward to people hearing it. But at the same time, it's embarrassing because especially when I was calling you a pedophile, my, my face was right up to the camera and I was just like, <laughs> oh man, that guy's, I was looking at myself and I'm like, that guy's an asshole. You uh, looked so drunk, dude. You looked gone. so drunk. And then we went on for like, an hour after we were both plastic, yeah, like 45 more minutes. <laughs> we should have known we, we got to cut. Oh, and one final thing. This isn't even an apology really. And I, I haven't reviewed the whole video. So maybe I've already said this in the video, but I started on one comedy bit that I was pretty much ripping off from Patrice O'Neill. So maybe I mentioned that in the video, maybe not, but if I didn't, we were talking about uh, the, friv the frivolousness of males ejaculating. And uh, I don't how, remember how that guys, at all. I think I was getting because Patrice had this point where he's like, reproduction is so important to the woman. Women have to be careful with their eggs, whereas men will just come anywhere. And I think I was kind of ripping him off. And uh, I don't know if I said that or not. So if I didn't, I'll just say that right now. That bit is basically Patrice O'Neill's. And that's okay. the last thing I'll say about that. So we did it. We we said our apologies. I trust Jake. He's going to make it so we don't look like terrible assholes. But it's good. Oh, yeah. I want to apologize to Jake, too. I don't know. You said this wasn't really necessary, but I feel that I was definitely pretty sarcastic when we were discussing uh, him, him not being available for our 50th podcast. And uh, I didn't even watch that back. It's just a memory I have. I just I just kind of remember. I kind of like I, I put myself in his shoes and I remember feeling like eh, it's kind of shitty. You were feeling a lot of guilt from this. Yeah. You were feeling a lot of guilt. You, you you just apologized for five minutes. Yeah, and it's not even necessarily that, like, I don't think I was speaking the truth. It's just like, oh, and we can go into the. This reminds me of the Love is Blind reunion, too, about Shake. I don't know if I you watched, watched it. That yet, I watched it. OK, so we're we can talk about I that. Gonna, I was going to bring it up. We're ready to review. I think it's a perfect example because Shake, I, I think I think I was being Shake in that it, Shake and Love is Blind. He was speaking the truth but he was kind of being an asshole. It's like that meme from what's that movie? Uh, the big Lebowski. It's like, you're not wrong. You're just an asshole. And that's kind of how I felt about myself. And it's like, that's how I feel about a lot of podcasters or, or comedians and stuff. It's like, they should be allowed to say what they want to say, but they also have to own up to being an asshole. And yeah, that's, that's the space I'm in. Yeah. Uh, following that. I guess I'll take the opportunity to say I could be an asshole sometimes as well so mm. we admit it and just know everything we say it's not coming from a plate like a malicious place right we're not trying to be dicks but right even when you're not trying to be a dick you can look like a dick if someone doesn't really know you as a person and i'm sure a lot of people that listen to this don't really know us as people other than what they hear on recording that's exactly right so just know we don't mean it. We're not trying to offend you. And if we do, let us know and we'll have a conversation about it because I'm willing to own up to it and get your point of view because at the end of the day, we want to learn a little bit here yes. as well. Yes. We'll yes, become exactly. better people if we have discussions. Sometimes we say stuff and it's like, I have no idea that could possibly offend someone. Like I would, it wouldn't even cross our minds. 
So if someone is offended right. by something and they bring it up, it's like, oh, I didn't even think that would be okay. Thank you for telling me. I'll be less of an asshole going forward, having been told. I guess right. But just just to be abundantly clear, I am totally against the censorship angle. Yes. Personally, I never want to cut things out. The only things I want to cut out are, I think they fall into two categories. I could be wrong. First category is stuff that puts people in some danger of being harmed. So that's when, for example, you had one of those in the last episode too. You didn't say anything wrong. Oh. You just said too much. Yes. Um, your personal life. And I've done that before too. So those should be cut out. Not, not because... Again, not because we're wrong, but just because we're being an asshole by saying yeah, it. Yeah, it's not our place. Not our place, right. So that that actually should be cut. And then the second one is kind of my joke. It's like, it's tough because I don't believe in censorship and I believe you should be able to joke about whatever you want. But that joke just wasn't even a good joke. And I guess I guess like the, the value of it, the, the value to offensive ratio is too low. There's too much offense there. And there's not enough. It's just a shit joke. Yeah. It, it's not, it's not going to help anybody. It's only going to hurt. So that, yeah, I, those are the only two types of things that I think should be censored. I, I really don't believe in us like censoring ourselves. I just want to say that. And that's, that's a very good distinction. I've never really thought of it that way. Value versus offensiveness of, all right. So it's going to get a laugh because it's funny, but it's also kind of, you know, offensive. Excuse me, burp. Um, but like you said, there was no value there. And I Nobody's going to laugh that. at that. No, that yeah. not, <laughs> you're not going to get any of the laughs you thought you were going to. And it's okay because yeah. we were really, really drunk, Kyle. Yes. Really drunk. And I don't think it's a good idea for us to do that again. We will. We I'm will. forward to it. Yeah, we will. It's not a good idea. <laughs> I was wondering if next episode you wanted to get plastered again. No, I'm just kidding. No, too soon. Um yeah, we should uh, be a little more careful there. But we're figuring it out. 50 episodes in, we're still figuring it out. And I do think it was a good podcast. It was. It was entertaining, I think. Mm. Hopefully. Is that kind of like a pat on the back, like a self-pat on the back? Like, yeah, we're, we're entertaining. Do I sound... Um, I'm well, my train of thought here. you, you might have forgotten because I, I was just skimming the video right before we started this this recording. But there was a part um 75 percent in where you said it you said like this is one of my i think you said this is my favorite podcast ever i think a lot of it comes from two being able to see that pretty face of yours kyle ah, it was on. the first time we you're, had you're gorgeous chris stop it stop it come on I, it was the first time we were able to like sit and chat and it wasn't like uh oh we should talk about this this and this it was just us hanging out really and we had no time constraint whatsoever, as evidenced by the total runtime. We were just yes. we we were actually enjoying the moment more than ever before. I think like yeah. we were just sitting and talking. And one thing we were talking about was we did it all. We we had the chit chat, we had the deep talk, and it was like seamless. I think yeah. it was I think it was pretty solid actually. Yeah, and considering how drunk we got, we held it together for a long enough time. I think. Yes, and then we didn't. <laughs> yeah, and then. But that's what happens when alcohol gets involved. So drink responsibly. That's mm. the that's the story. You know, if we're ever trying to get a message across that uh, that episode is please drink responsibly. 
kind of ironic too, because we were actually, I don't know if you remember this, it was towards the beginning. So you probably do, but I was talking about how URI had this class where they told you about binge drinking Yeah, and we both kind of dismissed it. We're like, ah, everything is binge drinking, whatever we're binge drinking. Ha ha ha. Yeah. And then, and then we actually feel the consequences like, yeah, binge drinking is, eh. yeah, maybe we it should go take that class. I hope they offer yeah. online. I need a refresher. Yeah. Um, so let's review love is blind reunion i'm so happy yeah so i think shake is an asshole okay let's get into it because such an asshole yeah okay so he's going on a show where the premise is you know is love blind going in there not judging someone off of their looks the first thing he does is ask them about their looks now i understand that could be important to some people but if it is don't go on love is blind why are you there if it's that important to you? You could just do that on the bar, at the bar, on Tinder. So I completely disagree. Go on. I think Shake expressed this, but maybe not as well as he could have. But he was trying to say on the show, and what, what his goal was, was to make the emotional connection first and foremost. What he was being honest that pretty much nobody else was about is that the, the physical component matters. It's secondary but it matters. And this is the way I feel about the show. I've watched a lot of it. I watched two seasons of the American one. I watched the full season of the Japanese one and I started in the Brazilian one. You're and all in on love is blind. I'm all in. And what you'll see is time and time again, people that say love is blind, find out that it's not love is not blind. All the successful couples merely got lucky. They made the emotional connection and then they were lucky that they were physically compatible too. So Shake was doing his best to mitigate the risk. And he didn't do it in the right way. He did. He came across as a total asshole. And that's where I'll agree with you. Do you but, like being held on my shoulders at a concert? Would I be know, able so to funny. do that? He's a comedian. Yeah. He said, he said, would I have trouble picking you up on my shoulders? Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. And I just I was looking at him like, probably, dude, you're a fucking twink. True. True. Like, I don't know. It just I get the point you're making in your defensive shake, but he just handled it completely wrong. And he looks like such an asshole. He does. And that's what I really did not enjoy about a, a very large portion of it. Actually, I saw it as an interesting um, case study in moral superiority because he became, and he voiced this, he, he was the villain. He became the villain. And then whatever he said, he had lost all credibility because because people viewed him as the villain and then no matter what he said it could be the truest statement ever people were going to jump all over him because they saw and it's an easy opportunity to get moral superiority whatever shake says oh you're an asshole shake and it's like it's, it's unfortunate and i understand why it happened but it was just really it was ugly to me um and maybe maybe this says a lot about me but i but i i view fakeness as more repulsive than uh abrasiveness yeah. So uh, what, there's a lot of times when when the morally high characters, like let's say Sal, Kyle, a couple others, they're like, "Oh, shake, you need therapy or, or whatever." It's like, "Fuck you, dude." That 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 statement doesn't even it has no value to it. It's just you trying to get points. Whereas yeah. Shake Shake was definitely an asshole, and like, yeah, he was an asshole. But I felt like he 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 added a lot of value. And, and my my favorite example was something he said, which I think almost every viewer has to admit. 
he said uh, on the topic of engagements uh, proposals, he says, well, maybe some proposals are motivated by the desire to continue the show. Yeah, no, that's a good and point. Im immediately, everybody goes, no, you're an asshole. You're the only one that would think that. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. There's no way. There's no way Shayna would say yes to Kyle. There's no way. A lot of proposals are absolutely motivated by the desire to stay on the show. They keep getting paid. They get more famous. They yep. want to stay on the show. Those followers He's go up. Absolutely right. Shannon and, and Kyle, that was down. the the religious one and the not religious one, right? I she's full. She's full of shit. I could not believe that he actually proposed to her and she said yes. And then the first night she was like, "I don't feel comfortable sleeping in this room." Yeah, yeah, that. Dude, Mark oh, and Jessica all over, right? Mark and Jessica. I'm trying to which Mark and Jessica. I'll have to Google it because I do remember them. Jessica is the one that's like, oh, he's too young. Oh, she, Jessica was nuts, dude. Shayna, it's it's yeah, it's it's Mark and it's Mark and Jessica, Shayna and Kyle. It's basically the same thing. But Jessica was a lunatic. More, she had more airtime. More of her being crazy, trying to get with the other dude. I mean, no, Shayna was less offensive to me because she did not continue the ruse as much as Jessica did, because Jessica was the whole way through, even though it was it was blatantly obvious that she's not attracted to Mark. She kept saying, well, I'm in love with him. I'm going to try to get past it. Me, 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 me. Yeah. Um, Shayna, at least. I mean, she broke it off pretty soon. Yeah. The first Almost night in Mexico. Yeah. She, yeah. And then Kyle's an idiot. Uh cut that isolate that you can use that yeah kyle's, <laughs> kyle's an idiot, idiot. <laughs> that's the but intro he, he just kept saying like i love you and she's like well i don't love you this is over and he's like we, yeah. we're gonna work through it like he he, he was just an idiot but. one of the couples that stayed together i did not think they were gonna make it because she jared and iana maybe I'm, I'm, no no the other couple I thought they were going to make it. I didn't think. Oh, Nick and Danielle. Yeah. The first the night couple. he goes out and hangs out. She got too drunk the night before. So she's puking in the toilet and he goes out. And when he comes back, she is right. pissed. Like, I can't believe right, you right. left me while I was sick. And there was always these major problems. And I feel like he was trying so hard to come across as like the nice logical guy. But there were times where I saw him like drifting away from that and yes. kind of being a psycho as well like being unfair i caught that too yep. yeah yeah because there were sometimes yeah. i was thinking well i mean this guy like he seems to be a logical thinker he's going through it and then as it went on i was thinking eh, not all the time he's kind of showing his true colors my read personally was that he got kind of fed up of her shit um and he thought he earned this place where he was the good one, the one that was trying, and she was the one that was messing things up. So then he kind of carried that resentment and that grudge over to more interactions. And then he would kind of like, he would expect her to start a fight. So he would kind of feed into that. And he yeah. would bring, I, th I think he was kind of bringing the negativity of their past interactions into their future ones. So, yeah, I, I think they were a mess in general, but uh, but he, he wasn't helping out as much as he liked to think he was. 
And he totally seemed like the kind of guy that thinks he's always right. It's like, this is how I think this is how it is. And he showed no signs of wanting to hear someone else's perspective. Yeah. So yeah, that, I, I read this like awesome him. Reddit post. Um, You're going down was, love is blind. Yeah. Reddit posts. Okay. Yeah. I like it was it. an awesome Reddit post and it, it really uh, it really appealed to me, too, because it was all about the psychology of all the characters. And it said uh, the, the main point was like this season is just full of insecurity and it, it went down every single one of them. And it started with Nick and Danielle. And it said Danielle's got all these problems. She's very upfront about it. Um, it. It only had a couple lines about Nick, but it said, unfortunately, Nick doesn't seem like he's equipped to handle Danielle. Um and, and I thought that was correct because it basically caught the same thing that you and I caught. Um, you know, Danielle's got these problems, but at least she knows about them. Whereas Nick, he probably has a blind spot. Yeah. Because it, it, it seems like he doesn't realize when he's being an asshole. Where Danielle, she's a mess, but it seems like she usually knows when she's being a mess, even though sometimes, yeah, she, she, she's, a, she's a lot to handle in general. Speaking of hot to handle, have you ever watched Too Hot to Handle? You ever watched that? I think I did. Oh, yeah. That's a good show, too. Um, that's where they're on an was, island and there's like an Alexa type thing and they can't have sex or do anything. Yeah, yeah I watched that. Yeah, yeah. I love these trash reality TV shows, man. I oh. cannot say it enough. And I get shit Dude, for speaking it. Like, of... Do you actually like it? Oh, it's really? like, oh, I love it. Just guys being like, oh, I can't believe you watched that. My wife watched that. I'm like, yeah, I watch it too, and I enjoy it a lot. So, Speaking of trashiness or cheesiness, how trashy was it for them to have an advertisement for the next show in the reunion? Yeah. Like a full – but the funny Ultimatum. thing is – Ultimatum. I, I want to watch that show now. <laughs> I looked it up immediately. I was looking for a release date. I, I looked on Netflix. Oh. Oh but, yeah, April sixth or something like that, right? I'm I'm into it. Here we go. Yeah, so that this uh podcast is gonna turn into Chris and Kyle review trash TV. I'm okay with it. There's a lot there. We've talked about it a few times. I was telling you to start watching The Bachelor and stuff, and we could review that weekly, like have a little bachelor segment. But um, so what we should do is pick another trash TV thing to watch. So now that we're lifting together, now we got to watch trash TV together. We're essentially married just on opposite sides of the globe. Yep. We are. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, this is, this is not really that fertile of a topic, but uh, I did finish love is blind Japan and it's fascinating to see the differences between cultures illustrated in the shows. Yeah. They come across as so much more mature and direct in their communication. Um, and they're just not willing to put on the same facade that the Americans seem to be, um, because it seems it seems very deliberate throughout both seasons of American Love is Blind that a few people. It's, it's almost like they're acting for the camera. It seems like they know in their head whether it's going to work or not, and then they deliberately play both sides to keep you guessing. And they're probably even told by the producers to do that. Yeah. So, like, uh, I'm trying to think um, of so a good example. Do you think yeah, sorry, this is because in America, a lot of kids' dreams are to be a movie star, TV star, uh, content creators, and it, there's more emphasis on that here than it is there, and that's why it's more, I don't want to say prone to be more successful over there, mm. 
because they're playing less of an act. Like you said, I haven't, I can't speak to it. I haven't watched it, but if they're over there playing less of an act, I feel like that's a recipe for better results. I think you're right. Yeah. And, and I'm not, uh, I'm not a scholar of the cultural differences at all, but one thing I think is true is I think there's two different types of societies. There's individualistic societies, which obviously America is. We're all about individualism. And then there's collectivist societies where it's more about the good of the group. And if I'm not wrong, I believe Japan is a collectivist society. So I think they have, and again, I might be totally wrong, but I think they have a lot more self-consciousness when it comes to being an asshole. Yeah. So I, th- I think they're uh, very quick to see their own faults and and, yeah and not act uh whereas the entitlement uh, of of the americans like you're you're not going to see a shake on love is blind japan Uh, that's i I think that's the main point um the other thing fuck i had something Mm. the entitlement um lost it whatever we move on um yeah, I don't know. I, I think it says a lot about our culture. Oh, I think I figured it out. Um, maybe it's, I feel like there's a lot of people that enjoy playing that asshole role. Mm. You know? Oh, yeah. Like you hear it all the time. Chicks love assholes. Mm. So maybe we're more prone to play into those. I don't know. Could be. Yeah, it could be. Uh, there's, there's a lot of evidence in our society that being an asshole works sometimes. I was thinking about this in terms of uh, like the UFC. Like uh, I, I'm not uh, very knowledgeable about the UFC, but I, I know there's a few fighters that have built their careers off of being an a- assholes, right? The like there's- fight last on Saturday, yesterday, Colby Covington was going to get cut from the roster. Fantastic yeah. wrestler. Good fighter. Um, didn't sell tickets because he was boring to watch. Right. So he has this, he's just a huge troll now. He mm-hmm. is very open, like he supports Trump because he knows it's going to piss people off, like wears a MAGA hat, like takes pictures with Trump and the belt. Like he absolutely plays into it because it's like the Paul brothers too. People tune in because they want to watch them get knocked out. Yep. I love the Paul brothers. Do you? Yes. Brilliant businessmen. Dude, these TikToks, Vine stars, Disney stars, like they got big on Vine, I'm pretty sure. And then that landed them roles at Disney. And now they're fighting Floyd Mayweather. Mm. Like they did it right. That's brilliant. They trolled the whole world. Everyone fed into it. And now because you fed into it, they are stupid rich. Yep. How Connor's, can you not respect it? Connor's a little bit in that same basket. Oh, 100%. Too, yeah. No, he's a nut job because uh. he's the best trash talker there is. And he still gets title shots just because of the tickets he can sell from his trash talk. He is so washed. Yeah. So that's, it's a message to, to young people and, and to everybody. It's be an asshole. If you want to get far. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, a lot of, yeah, I, the, well, the, the example we're talking about is the example. The reality shows a lot of stars are made because, like you said, Colby Covington, being boring gets you nowhere. Nobody wants to watch boring. 
No. So the only ways to not be boring are to be, you got to be egregiously something. You got to be egregiously yeah. skilled or something like that. Or you can just be an asshole. That's like the easy out. If you're yeah. just an asshole, that works. <laughs> yeah. People want to see you get knocked out. So they'll yeah. watch to see you get knocked out. And then you don't get knocked out and then people are pissed. So they're waiting for the next fight. And they're going to tune in to hopefully see you get knocked out. And, and I, that's that's what Love is Blind was to me. Because there's there's always the, the boring couples, the ones that are somewhat functional. And in the first season, Tika and I were fast forwarding through their scenes. The, because no one wants so, the functional couple. They're so nice and functional. Whereas I couldn't wait to watch Jessica. And she's the asshole. Yeah. And that's that's the whole thing right there. Me, though, I get to a point where those people start annoying me because mm. then I start concocting this in my head. They're doing this only for the cameras and for their own airtime. So I'm done with mm -hmm. them. Well, I wanted to touch on that, too, actually, because there's a, yeah, there's a difference. If you're if you're fake being an asshole on purpose, that does come across and that doesn't work as well. I can't really think of any good examples. But uh, it, it's, it's the righteous assholes, the ones that really are assholes. That's that's how you succeed. Yeah. Um, and there's there's some of them. One of my favorite things, speaking of Conor McGregor, um, he fought Khabib. Did you see that fight? And there was so much trash talk and Khabib was teeing off on him. <laughs> and there's a clip between one of the rounds where he walks up to Khabib and he says, it's just business. It's just business. And you can hear him say that to Khabib. Huh. Yeah. So he wasn't taunting him? No, he was saying it was it's just just business. Because he talked so I, much shit leading up to the fight. And then mid fight. How do you think he did that? Out of fear? I don't know, but you should watch the fight because Khabib fucks him up. I did watch it, um, but I didn't watch it as closely as you did, obviously. And I didn't realize very, it until I saw clips of the That's very interesting. Do you think he was afraid of Khabib's anger in that moment and he wanted to like tone it down or something? What? That's so weird. It's out of character, right? It's like he broke character. I don't even know if it's so much he wanted to tone it down. Maybe he had one of those self-realizations of, I said a lot of things that crossed the line. I should mm -hmm. let him know. Maybe he was being a real person for once. Wow. We saw behind the curtain a bit. If I can find the clip, I'll send it over your way. Because um, Shouldn't be hard to find. I'm sure I can find it too. Yeah, if you just Google Connor Khabib, it's just business. business. Yeah, you'll find it immediately. Because um, Khabib was like, you want to talk? Talk now. He's like punching him in the head saying, talk now. Talk now. Wow. Dude, that's why I love Khabib because he'll, when he was fighting, there's a few instances of it when he's just teeing off on some poor soul. He has him on the ground. They can't get up and he's punching him and he's just saying, give up. Title shot's mine. Give up. Stop fighting. Yeah. Like, He's kind of the example of what I was talking about before. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he's kind of boring personality-wise, isn't he? Yeah. But he's got that abundance of skill. So he's representing the... You, you can get famous. You can be successful by being that or by being an asshole. Now, I'm not saying Connor doesn't have skill. He clearly has skill. Yeah. But if you want to look at them both, it's like Khabib is, Khabib is the guy that made it just based on skill alone, whereas Connor... I mean, he, he's made it farther, right? He, his career is unparalleled. As far as MMA, money right? made, yeah, Connor by a long shot for ev from it, everybody. It's not, it's not from skill. It's from his personality. And, and it's it, a mix of calling both, him an asshole. The, yeah, the personality just, brought the money. Yes. Yeah. It's like the WWE selling tickets. He sells right. tickets. And then like he gets 
everyone to get behind him because they love the trash talk. Because for me, usually I'm I'm against the trash talk, guys. And I think it's because I, I even said it the other day. I was like, I want Covington to get his ass kicked tonight because it, it's clearly just such a gimmick. I was watching the fights too, and Colby Covington comes out to Kurt Angle's theme song. I started respecting him a lot once he came out to that. I was like, I don't know what, if I want. Is that new? What is that? I think that was I, so confusing to me. I think he might have made the switch. I'm not entirely sure what he was coming out to before, but I loved hearing Kurt Angles and everyone screaming, you suck to him. You suck. I think yeah. that's probably why, right? Because he wants to play up the villain role even more. So yeah. getting a song where people are actually almost brainwashed to say you suck from yeah. years of the WWF, WWE. Uh, it, it helps him be a villain even more because Angle was such a villain for most of his career. Oh, yeah. And and by the way, my favorite wrestler of all time, bar none. I love Kurt Angle. I follow him on Instagram. He's just, I that, love that guy. That poor guy's body is in shambles. He looks you see great. his what shoulders? His shoulders? Oh, He's okay. got nothing up there, dude. If you see, I've seen, I saw like a picture of him. It's like, those are done. Like you can mm. tell they're just completely atrophied and there's nothing he can do to fix them. He's still pretty jacked though. Oh, yeah. General. Yeah. My favorite had to be Stone Cold. I, I never liked him, but... Uh, but Because he course, played the yeah. villain card. We were children. He, he did, and his, his personality was just the, the white trash villain. Like, yeah. Uh, I just... What? He annoyed me. What? Yeah. Dude. Oh, yeah. Him and Angle had that... Like, he was doing that what thing to Angle uh, yeah. famously. Yeah. The old... Oh, dude. One of my favorite moments was between our two guys. The milk truck... Do you remember the milk truck? Wasn't Angle wearing like a milkman uniform? No, I don't think he was wearing the uniform, but he came out riding the milk truck. I, I could be wrong about that. But and then he was spraying milk all over Stone Cold. Oh, brilliant. I'll have to watch that. My you favorite wrestling my favorite wrestling oh, moment is Undertaker throwing mankind from the top of the hell in the cell through yeah. a table. Yeah, that's now weird. that guy was a lunatic. Mankind, yeah. Yeah. Lunatic. There was one wrestling pay-per-view where he legitimately lost a tooth and it was hanging out of his nose. What? Uh, that, I read that, his book. Did you? I was someone highly rec- one of the guys at my work because we always talk about UFC and stuff. And then I think wrestling came up somehow. And then I brought up the exact event that I just mentioned, and he was like, "You got to read the book. It's so good." It is. Yeah. He has a couple. Foley is, he's an interesting guy. He seems very authentic. Like, yeah. He's just this unique person that can put his body through that type of stuff, but he's intelligent too. Yeah. So it's like a paradox. You would say, like, how could somebody intelligent do that to themselves? Um, for the love of the game, maybe. For a very, it's just a very interesting character. Yeah. And it is, his book is good. Yeah. I'll recommend well, it too. I just wish I could read. I don't know how to read. He might no. have a couple books, by the way. I don't remember which one. I he read. does. He does. Um, yeah. I forgot which one I was recommended. I, I'll figure it out. I probably won't get it. I'll be honest. I don't read. I try. Yeah. I don't do it. Yeah. I'll say, I yeah, know. I'll check it out. I don't. I, you know, I, I play video games. I, I, I read Angle's book, too. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't remember anything from Angle's book, really, except him talking about training for the Olympics. And he said he used to take his brother on his back and run up hills. And that uh, that stuck in my mind ever since. And I, I even I've done that a couple times. Yeah. Um, just like trying to emulate angle because, man, he's he's just a machine of an athlete. Yeah. 
Um, so speaking of being athletes, we'll circle back to the lifting thing here. Sure. This is going to make me a better person. I'm not going to be miserable in my own body. And that's exciting. Uh, that's, that's always the goal. Yeah. yeah. And I, I was getting giddy doing like squats and deadlifts. I was like very excited while I was there and then doing them like very excited. How long has it been for you since you did them last years, years? Yeah. Cause you were working out with pseudo, but you guys weren't doing anything like that. No. And it lasted like two weeks, me and pseudo. Right. It was like two weeks. So now you're back to the big boy lifting. Yeah. I'm doing heavy squats, heavy deads, very mediocre bench. Actually, it's all mediocre right now. And the gym I go to, there's so many strong people there. I feel like a pussy, but I need to break out of that feeling. I got the opposite. And, and just for the record, I want to say that you and I, no offense to either of us, but our numbers will never be anything over mediocre in the grand no. scheme of things. In the grand scheme because of things. Because there's so many humans that can squat three times what I can squat right now. So, But in my, in my personal environment, in my gym, I haven't seen anybody squat uh, the same weight as me. So I, I have the opposite and it, it would be very helpful for me if I had a real squatter show up and just, you know, add 50 kilos, a hundred kilos to what I'm doing because, uh, that, that the ego either way is not good. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't matter. It's just a thing. Yeah. But I, I can see where you don't feel like you need to push yourself because you don't have many people there going like striving towards the same goal. You're not there having conversations about squats and deadlifts. You're just there doing it and then getting out. That's right. Yeah, you're right. Because there, um, for the longest time, there was no other real squatters, except the one guy uh, who I'm kind of friends with. He's, he's about the same as me. And then another guy showed up and he was repping the same weight I was doing. And, and it triggered something in me. I was like, oh, let's go. I was like, yeah. I can't just. Yeah, it is. It is. It is this dominance hierarchy thing where if you're at the top, you're just like something in you relaxes where when if a competitor shows up or someone's better, something kicks in. You're right. That is uh, that is helpful. That too, and just having a lot of people striving towards the same goal makes the environment much more fun. Yeah. So much more fun. I mean, and that's when I first started powerlifting, that's what made me like fall in love with it was there was a group of us and a lot of them I still talk to regularly, even though we don't live together or anything anymore, but I made a lot of really good friends doing that. So it's uh, the community thing that we've preached a bunch on this podcast, just that sense of community is very important. Preached, but not practiced in my case anyway. Well, you don't have yeah, a choice. That. Really? How do you mean? Well, at your gym, like in that instance. Yeah. Yeah, I could go to jujitsu or something else, but yeah, it's just easier said that, than done. That running club, is that gone? Uh, I haven't done it since it was either New Year's or shortly after New Year's. I haven't done it since then. Okay. Just, well, we're powerlifting now, so fuck the running. Okay. Is Tika still lifting with you? She is. Yeah, so, she's making good progress. There you go. That's awesome. She should hop on Candido with us as well. Do you think that's wise, actually? Like, Because uh, I know there's, there's pretty distinct categories. You're either a beginner in, uh, lifter, intermediate, or advanced. And I was wondering about that. Like, Candido is probably an intermediate or advanced program. So is that suitable for a beginner to join or... I did it right you know off the I mean? rip as long as you keep the numbers reasonable. Really? That was one of the first programs I ever did. Oh, well then, yeah, maybe maybe she will jump on it because she's been doing the same program for three months, almost four months. And that gets she stale. Says she's not, 
she says she's not bored of it, but uh, it's got to be a little bit, right? Yeah, I, I, I mean, as long as you keep the numbers reasonable, like don't like have her one rep max three fifteen after she's had seventeen monsters and a line of Adderall. Yeah, and then be like, all right, that's it. That's what we're gonna base it off of. Be just, <laughs> you know, do it smart. Do your stretching. Do your due diligence. I got a little bit of ego for her too, actually. Like she's out squatting you now. I know you didn't want me to say it on the pod, but I'm gonna say it on the pod. She's out squatting some guys. What's it? What is she squatting now? She, she's probably out squatting me. No, she's got um, no. She's got. Let's see. What is that in kilos? First, I think it'd be forty-five. No, she can squat fifty. So in pounds, it's 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 like one fifteen. But I regularly see guys squatting about 95 pounds. You know, you know, guys will put the 25s on both sides and yeah, yeah. do reps of that. Yeah. Well, she's, she's doing more than that. And her form is is impeccable. So and that's great. And that's the important thing uh, yep. before you start a program like Candido, have the form locked down. Yeah. Very impressed by her form because uh, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm helping her and I'm continuously correcting her. But I didn't have that when I started. Yeah, and I dealt I dealt with some form issues for for years actually. Are you um, taking videos of each seemed, other? Because that's important. Sometimes, yeah, we, maybe we should do it more. But uh, but in gen in in general, she doesn't really. She, she's fine. Good, that's awesome. Yeah. So I think she's ready for Candido. Obviously, she does what she wants to do. But well, she does what she's told. Let's be clear. Let, let, I want one thing to be abundantly clear. <laughs> what I say goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. This is very exciting. Um, maybe I'll look into that tonight, what I should use for numbers realistically. Um, as far as my maxes, I'll take a look at the program, see if the numbers line up, if it makes sense, and then we'll get after it. Well, you said you did 250 for reps tonight. How many reps? I was just doing threes. Threes? Yeah. And it's that was funny after doing because... sets of five at like 225 to, yeah. So it's going up slow. It's funny because when you set your maxes, you want to be conservative, but you're in this unique position where you can still benefit from the muscle memory a lot. So it's like, maybe you should be liberal uh, for lack of a better word. I don't know. Yeah. It's what, what should you set your maxes at? I don't know. I was thinking maybe three fifteen for squat, mm. maybe four or five. You might just blow past that pretty quickly though. Yeah, I think I will. So, I mean, anyway, I'm going to be on a trip for a few days. Um, we can start it when you, you know, get back. Yeah, so you can just figure it out. In that meantime, maybe you're going to benefit from more, that muscle memory even more. Yeah. And then uh, I can do another uh, week of getting used to being under the bar and lifting heavy. And then hopefully my belt fits by that, that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll go from there. It's exciting. Very exciting. What's Candido? It's like four days a week or five days a week? Yeah, we can modify that because I don't know if I can get in there five days. Because it's um, it decreases by the end of it. You're only going three days because you're lifting really heavy. I just remembered Tika got a fucking job. This is not good. This is not good. Yeah, she just got a contract yesterday. She starts her job in uh, like a week. So that's why we're heading off uh, today because we were kind of like, I mean, I had that idea for the trip, but we're like, oh, well, we can do it anytime. Now it's like we got to do it now because she's starting soon. And that, that's going to impact our gym time. I might, I, I don't think I can let her work. No. No, I would tell her, listen, baby, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to start yeah, right in the kitchen. Yeah. Clean the dishes. Yeah. Uh, 
she, she loves to clean the dishes. She loves to clean the dishes. No, no, I'm not. I'm not apologizing. <laughs> I'm not, I will not. No. Unreal. You couldn't keep it together for a whole episode. I try. We got to the end and now I'm, I'm off the rails again. And I'm not even drinking alcohol. I, I'm a lost cause, Chris. No, why, are you, okay. why are you doing this? This is too dangerous. Don't say that because then I get anxiety. And I don't sleep. Okay. Okay. No, this is the best decision of your life. Yeah. I keep, I, I feel like I'm pretty clean across the board. I do a good job of, you know, not insulting people or jeopardizing my career. You hold it together. But we need a loose cannon. It's like good cop, bad cop. Yeah. Good cop, bad cop. Once an episode, I have to say, Kyle, give me your gun and your badge. (laughs) (laughs) At least once an episode, I take your gun and your badge. Can I get that? Would you give me that classic line, though? Um, Hold on. How do I tell you this line without you? Okay, I'm going to put it in chat. You know, you might know the classic line I'm, I'm going to say already uh, from those same movies. Maybe. Okay, I feel like they've said that in a lot of movies, though. Give me your gun and your badge. Okay, I'll, you just give me one second. Giving you a second. This is going to be a really fun part for this, the people that get this far in the episode. <laughs> They're going to love it. Okay, this is this is not exactly. It's just some variation of that. Check the check the chat. You put your own spin on it. I don't even like what I wrote. Yeah, um, you want me to say that? Yeah, it's over now. <laughs> the moment's passed. Oh, all that. Um, I'm trying to think. No, I'm not gonna do it. Nah, I'll prepare fuck. it for next episode. Next episode. Um, when are you leaving? Uh, I think we're gonna hit the gym pretty soon, and then we're gonna take off after that. Well, so a couple hours. Well, cool. All right. Well, we've only gone for 55 minutes, but I think it's time to wrap it up. I'm exhausted. Yep. Exhausted. And you've been waking up earlier. So it's time for you to start your goddamn day. Usually we'd start recording right now. That's and right. now we're wrapping up. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with me exactly, but it seems like I'm just naturally heading to bed a little earlier and I'm not going to complain about that, but it's, uh, it's just weird. I don't know what it is. I can't explain it. Probably less video games. Yeah, I haven't been playing. Maybe that's it. There you go. All right, cool. So thank you for tuning in episode 51. We apologize for episode 50, but we also don't. Kyle, any closing words? I'm off the Kratom now four days. Maybe that's having an effect too. Oh, your closing Mm. words are I quit drugs. Some. (laughs) Some. Okay, great. Uh, Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. This is life being bound to love.